hella black. We back, man. It's been a minute. Ain't no uh, highly produced thing right now. Ain't no no music in the beginning starting off. Ain't no levels and nothing. It's just back to the back to the roots, man. The people's podcast. Come That's on, how it should be straight to you, straight direct. Yeah, man. Appreciate everybody support with Tales of the Town. You feel me? Much love for us. Uh, put a lot of hard work into the whole project. You know, mm-hmm. we'll have a bigger debrief um, talking about the project and the process. But yeah, definitely appreciate everybody's support, especially, you know, our patrons. <laughs> patrons who've been there supporting, paying money, you feel me? It's because of y'all that we was able to really do Tales of the Town, you know, take the money that we made from Patreon, put it right into building a beautiful podcast, a beautiful uh, multimedia project on the history of Black Oakland. It's wild being here, like, <laughs> not tracking <laughs> and just talking off the dome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I'm like, even before... We did. Well, we were still doing. We were still doing some podcasts while we were tracking. But yeah, it's definitely a different feeling. But if you haven't tapped into Tales of the Town in its entirety, you should. Uh, the album, the podcast, the screening, which we have happening uh, next Saturday at the D Young Museum, you should come tap in. Free to that. twelve p.m. Be there. Bring the family. Bring your cousins. Bring your friends. Now that I thought about it. Huh? I said I actually don't know that it's free. No, I it's free. The website. It's you, for the screening is free after you pay admission into the museum. No, the program is free. The pr- program is free. <laughs> after you admit, uh, I don't know. Because they give you a sticker. Remember, she was saying, "Oh, you get the sticker for the free program," and that's how we gonna know who gonna, you know who get the food and whatnot. Okay. Because it's like public programs. All right. I just went on their website earlier, and I saw that it didn't say free on Saturdays, which I thought. No, it's free for the program for what we have going on. But if you want to go see the actual exhibits and stuff. Yeah. But for art, come through. It's free. Pull up free. (laughs) Come, come, Come rock. But tap into the, yeah, tap into the podcast and tap into the project in its entirety. And even if you did already, um, Listen to episodes one through twelve as it pertains to Tales of the Town. You should re-listen to them because even I was looking, doing some research for something, and I had to pull up a script for some data. I'm like, oh, as the person who wrote it, as the people who wrote it, as the people who recorded it, it's still information that people do the research. Yeah, it's still information that I'd be forgetting, you know. So you should definitely uh, go back and 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 listen to it. Yeah, we put a lot of time into it, it, so tap in. And shout out to all the. Folks that let us again, like I said, we will do a larger uh, debrief, a larger episode that's centered specifically on Tales of the Town. But shout out to everyone who uh, contributed to that project. Uh, some folks that I want to thank right now is Maya, who served as our senior producer on the podcast. I want to give a shout out to Theo and Amir, um, Pat, Lauren, um, and all the artists who contributed to the uh, exhibit. Which we'll go in again. Next podcast we'll go into more detail, but I gotta give a shout out to those few people off the rip. But let's get to why we're here. Uh, we back in this beautiful month of Ramadan. We're recording at two o'clock in the morning. It's two in the morning, man. <laughs> it's two in the morning. Two in the morning. How things change. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the we love at two in the morning, you know. Thursday, something like that. Ramadan. 
one of the last last nights, one of the last nights of Ramadan. So it's a, yeah, it's a blessing to be able to fast, and be able to pray, and be able to restrain myself, reflect, mm-hmm. become more disciplined. You know. So yeah, alhamdulillah. <laughs> it's definitely been an amazing. What is it? Thirty days. 31 days 30 days so like 29 days 29 days Uh, yeah it's been an amazing experience for me for me for sure as it being my first time uh we know we've done i've done black august the last two years which is uh born of uh Shit, Ramadan. Ramadan. You know, like it's, it's derivative of, of Ramadan as it pertains to like new African Muslims uh, organizing behind uh, prison walls, right, to commemorate uh, George Jackson, uh, William Christmas, and Bill McLean, and uh, all the other martyrs from the month of August. But it, it's 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 also it's still different though because when you are knowing that like there aren't millions of people participating in in, in black august right billions. Yeah, like, there aren't. i wanted to say billions, but i wasn't sure uh it's just it is different you know like, it's, it's, it's very the fast is longer um I, I don't know if they like for black august they don't really it's uh they don't really fuck, tell you like to pray right it's like study fast train yeah. you know so it's like the not to say that that's void of spirit because i think Black August has been a very spiritual experience for me, especially as I study fast train, right? Yeah. Um, but this is different. And it, even for myself, uh, although I'm not a Muslim, Islam and Muslims have had a heavy impact on me, whether we're talking about historically, like uh, El Hajj, Malik El Shabazz, Malcolm X, uh, whether we're talking about contemporary and uh, Jalil, you left right like these are people who uh, again uh, islam has had a heavy influence on me and so hey i'm grateful for the grateful for the experience i had ups and downs with it like i feel like those first first few days i really was able to slow down um but then once i got it like used to fast and then it was like the i would say the bad habits in terms of uh getting too caught up in the material world started to resurface where, you know, you're not, you're really kind of ignoring your body. Um, Pushing through it. And, you know, yeah. like, even though I wasn't doing like the prayers or whatever, I'm still like trying to center, like what does it mean for me to connect to the world that is the thing that we can't touch, feel, right? Um, but I definitely learned a lot. Number one is what I can go without. I, yeah, I mean, Ramadan is that process of struggle. You know, it ain't this, uh, it's this beautiful month. And through that beauty is also getting comfortable in struggle and getting comfortable in facing yourself in a different way that you never really face yourself mm-hmm. to where it's like, yeah, you know, those first five days, you juiced, you, you, you aligned, you doing well, you on top of it. Then, you know, at six day, you know, you, you know, uh, you know for me, my, my naps come up, you know what I'm saying? Or those desires, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but that's part of that struggle, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, that's the beauty of it is like, Understanding that struggle, looking at that struggle, accepting the struggle, being able to vocalize it, 
and then be able to move a certain way. But, you know, like I told you before, I'm proud of you, bro. No, I appreciate you, know, you bro. Because it's, uh, I just even think, me and you doing this, you feel me, fasting together, you feel me, I just, it's a different level of brotherhood, you know what I'm saying? That, that's what I'm saying, definitely made us closer. It's a different level of, of brotherhood, you feel me, yeah. to where it's like, bro, we both waking up. You feel me? Well, we had breakfast make, every day for a month. You feel me? <laughs> like, we had <laughs> breakfast together every day. Yeah. Having breakfast every morning. Yeah. You feel me? I'm making sure I get one part of the meal. You get the other part of the meal. You feel me? It's yeah. just like it's the brotherhood that developed through this month. You feel me? It's, I'm appreciative of it. Especially as we think about how we want to create this type of experience uh, throughout the organization. Like, how can we craft? Um, yeah. How, how can we create the conditions? for people to uh, struggle together uh, as a means to developing deeper relationships. Yeah, and for to be like your highest form of self, you feel me? Because like, ultimately we can't, we can't develop, like if we don't have a strong relationship with ourself, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to develop relationships with other people. Without question. You know, and that's, that's that beautiful process of Ramadan is like, you know, everybody is fasting. So even when it's hard and your stomach hurting, you're like, yeah, hell with people is fasting around the world, right? But there's that individual experience that you're having. You know what I'm saying? Like, no one really, like we say, we some only Allah knows if you're really fasting. <laughs> you know, so it's like this experience too where it's, it's really, it's this communal thing, but it's also focused on, no, like this is the work I have to do as a person. You know what it's These a testament to? You feel me? It's a testament to when you, believe in something and are committed to something outside of yourself <laughs> that's like what it really no it's, it's like it's 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 a submission to a law it's a submission to god right it's because i think especially in this society we become very individual you feel me where oh, i'm self-made i can just look deep in and get it out of myself and it's like mm. an extent yeah you get it if you look at yourself and then Look for a higher power, you know. <laughs> um, but we, what, what are we as individuals? Bro? But but that's you why capitalism I mean? pushes that because pushes they they know that, for they push a fact ego. it's going to be profitable for them. But they okay. also know no individual can exist on their own. Even the capitalists are unified. They'll push individualism on you. No one they got they community, the Ku Klux Klan, <laughs> the police, NATO. They got their whole apparatus. You feel me? But they'll push it to the, <laughs> they'll push individualism on you, knowing that this whole society was built. This whole settler colony was built on unification. Straight up. <laughs> when people think about Britain, they think about it, the British, right? The U.S. being a, a British settler colony. That is a landmass. It ain't a single, a single country. <laughs> a single country, that's It's an empire. <laughs> you feel it's, a, it's an empire. It's an empire. But it's, it's a testament to... Uh, and that's what I think. Even if, Even if you aren't... Uh, even if your organization isn't a religious organization, right? You should be thinking about how can you create the conditions for people to struggle together. And for us, you know, we would say uh, decolonization programs. That's how we create the conditions. By me making this hygiene pack with you, by me sitting in cadre with you, by me uh, distributing these hot meals with you, by me making these grocery boxes with you, by me uh, tilling the land with you, right? We, we struggle together. We commit to something higher than ourselves. And without that... Like you said, first, without that understanding itself. Because once I, like, the more I see me, the more I see you. <laughs> like, that's just, the more I want better for me, the more I want better for you. 
uh, and then that'll manifest itself in uh, real material ways and ideally it's the programs for decolonization that's what mm -hmm. we gonna abide to now whatever terms you want to use whatever terms is gonna uh, allow you to be a, a better you for the greater good I'm all for it yeah uh, we, we uh, <laughs> I've been working on this piece I've just been I don't know I've talked to you about it but just like meditating like how do we actually build you know how do we build? Because we talk a lot about destroying, destroying, but like, how do we actually build? And like, what does that process look like? You know, from a individual level, you know? I know for, for me, one big reflection I've had so far is like, we talk about justice a lot, right? We talk about fighting for justice. Islam, justice is uh, key, right? Um, I'm like, we talking about justice all the time, but like, how am I just with myself? You feel me? I want justice for this world, but I ain't, I ain't treat myself justly. You know what I'm saying? So, like, how do I face that? You know, if I'm truly mm -hmm. trying to build, I got to be just with myself. I got to have mercy with myself. You feel me? To where that internal, I got to build myself up, <laughs> self up internally. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? To where I got to wage struggle against myself from this old self to get to my revolutionary self. You feel me? It's where it's constantly, like, taking a dagger over and over and over <laughs> at this old state and trying to form this new state of being. You know, because that's how internally we got to build that way. I think that's how we build, like, externally amongst people. Without question. You know? me, me and you talk about sports a lot. And what is a good team but uh, a collective of individuals performing at their highest selves for a collective goal? That's, that's, that's all it is. You feel me? So if you think about it from an organizational standpoint, uh, an organization is nothing but a collective of individuals committed to being the, their best selves in the name of a, a political objective. Right, for us being the Republican New Africa, uh, the ultimate objective, uh, a totally unified and liberated uh, Africa. Right, but until we get self, until we understand self, until we are taking care of self, how can we actually take care of a broader community? Right, like what does it what does it mean for a boss to go out and run all these programs, but a boss ain't taking care of itself? Number one, it means it's not going to be sustainable. Excuse me, that's first and foremost. It's not going to be sustainable. Uh, if a boss haven't hasn't uh, ways, what you say is the energy high, right? Um, the what we would say from a broad term, the process of decolonization, uh, ridding, or making the conscious effort to to rid yourself of all the things that uh, prevent you from being your highest self, right? From from functioning uh, with the clear understanding, from from moving from a place of communal and egalitarian principles. If you can't do that for yourself, how can you actually do that for other people or lead other people towards that? Not even lead, but uh, yeah, show. I guess like show people the proper way. Yeah. You know, not, not so much like again, not like oh, we're leading, but more so like we said, we talk about just being an example. Yeah, and this is coming from mm -hmm. here because I think sometimes people, the way the capitalists will explain it, or the neoliberals will be like, oh, self, 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 like self help, self care in a very individualist way. But when we talk about it from a revolutionary fashion. It has to that internal work, that self work has to be done. That struggle against self has to be done. Because what good is it if we fight a revolution, free the land, but at the core of our state of being, we are still, for a lack of a better word, being terrible people. <laughs> terrible to ourselves and terrible to other people around us. What good is that revolution? We just free the land from this one thing just to build another society that is still based on 
<laughs> morally bankrupt. Morally bankrupt <laughs> through our through our actions. Yeah. <laughs> no morals, no principles. You feel me? No higher state of a human being. No, a new human ain't born. It's just we just removed the old order and put in the newer order. <laughs> and that newer order is still bankrupt. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. I mean, we, we've touched on this some, but uh, this is your third Ramadan. Third Ramadan, yeah. second as a Muslim. What's been Ramadan. your like? I guess like biggest takeaways, or, like the biggest difference you noticed from that first year. Alhamdulillah, it's just uh, I was really reflecting even before the start of Ramadan, like how much I've grown, how much I've changed from that first Ramadan to where I am now. You know, the first Ramadan, I was kind of, you know, I just decided to do it. It wasn't like very well thought out, I think. Like how like how many days? <sighs> I think it was maybe like a week before. See, that, I knew, I told you in January, like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. <laughs> like, I, it, my yeah. mind would have, it was very, like, it was yeah, 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 maybe yeah. even a few days for real. Like, yeah. I was like, I finna just do Ramadan <laughs> and just hopped right into it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm glad that was my first experience, you know, and obviously that was a, a struggle in many ways. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't sober at that point. But it, it was really that first time where I feel like I really honestly began to look at myself and take responsibility for myself in a whole different type of way, you know, and be able to be like, ah, like, I know I ain't living right. I know I'm, certain things I'm doing, it's like conflicting with shoot my morals and my soul, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know mm-hmm. I'm like drinking a lot. That's not doing nothing for me. Like, I know it's tearing me up internally. Um, so, yeah, first one, was, you know, and then... A few months later, I ended up taking Shada. You know, so it's like I did Ramadan and, you know, cut it off for a few months personally, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then ended up taking Shada uh, at the end of July. Um, my second one, you know, was a blessing, you know, because that's when I really established my prayers. Like, like, I didn't miss no prayers during Ramadan, my second one. Mm-hmm. You know, so like really developing that relationship with God. And learning my prayers and uh, staying on top of my prayers and, and really, you know, being disciplined with that. And, of course, being sober. And then, of course, like, my first Ramadan was very uh, isolating to some degree, you know, because, like, that was still during, that was COVID. So the mosque wasn't open. You feel me? I took Shahada before I ever stepped in the mosque. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it was a little isolating just being shoot, shoot to, to the neck. You feel yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the second one is where, like, now nah, I was going to the mosque and. It kind of hit different. You feel me? You go in the mosque and everybody been fasting all day and that, and that call to prayer go off and everybody got dates and everybody, you feel me, breaking their fast and drinking water, you know? Um, so, like, I felt a lot of that like, communal, uh, communal and just egalitarian uh, spirit uh, within Ramadan, my second one. And then just my third one is like, wow, just seeing uh, how much growth I've had from just in three years, but how fast you could actually grow. You feel me? If you decide to make changes in your life, like, I've really seen it myself, like, actually how fast that can come. You know, I think change sometimes is seen as this long process, this long thing, which it can be, but if we know, it change can just There's happen. just little things you can do and it's happening. You feel me? Impact. Like, it have a real immediate yeah, impact. For sure, for sure. You feel me? So I was, like, reflecting on this before Ramadan started, you know what I'm saying? Especially even, like, my birthday. You know, I think I've, I've spoken about it before, but, like, the uh, my birthday was during Ramadan, and I've always, like, I could say in the past I've done, like, escape type stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like escapism, I just go somewhere, you feel me, and kind of run away from some trauma or some emotions. But 
I think, you know, to turn 30 during Ramadan was a, a big blessing and just to be feeling like very contempt, feeling very good, like very aligned that like it's my 30th birthday and I'm fasting. <laughs> it's my 30th birthday and I'm doing this for the sake of God. Like I don't feel void. I wasn't feeling void like I have in certain birthdays. I felt like full. You feel me? <laughs> I felt full despite having an empty stomach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so this Ramadan has been... I feel like I got the shield of Allah on me right now. I feel I just finished the Quran. You feel me? So I'm feeling well, that's a <laughs> feeling good. You yeah, know, that's and, a uh, but I think it's just a, a testament to facing myself, facing the struggles, facing like my biggest demons, looking them at the face, and just like yeah, I don't fear my past. I don't fear the things that was overcoming me with. You know what I'm saying? Or those, I wasn't. I wasn't letting the past and stuff like dictate who I am in a sense, you know. Mm-hmm. So this Ramadan has been has been really good. It's been blessings in ways that I never uh, thought I would happen. You know, sometimes you pray for them and then it happens. But oh wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just it's just like that. It's like oh, um, yeah. So this this Ramadan and the, like my prayers has been deeper. You know, my prayers and my relationship with Allah has gone stronger. You know, so it's just. Moments you just wanna you just wanna cry for real, like, but not in like a depressive way. It's just like out of just spiritual joy. Well, I say liberating. You feel you feel <laughs> be like feel liberated, bro. Like it's a. I mean, if you understand this, this existence is one of spiritual warfare. Even if you don't identify with any religion, uh, if you come to again identify this, understand the spirit as that thing you can't touch. You can't measure, you can't necessarily feel with your hands, but you feel it radiating through your body. You know what I'm saying? Like, and this, how can a spirit flourish in a world that's designed to, in a, in a, in a, in a world whose baseline philosophy is exploitation of other, whether the other, anything outside of yourself, exploitation of it. Or yeah. maybe even not even outside of yourself, the exploitation of self, exploitation of land, right? The exploitation of all the planets inhabitants. How could one? How could one's spirit? How could anything possibly flourish in a society like that? And so when you get that again, like I think one of the toughest parts about Ramadan is having to not any level of any uh, experience where one becomes aware is you realize just uh, how delusional you have been, and when you don't have food. <laughs> To blind you from your delusion, where you don't have alcohol to blind you from your delusion, where you don't have sex to blind you from your delusion, where you don't have mindless TV to blind you from your delusion, all you left is with, like, I told you, I was like, bro, who am I? Like, I was having real, like, identity crisis. And not where it's like, I know who I am, right? Like, where my morals and values are, but like, uh, it's just something like very, like, who am I outside of these outside of this very materialistic world, right? Like, I know my moral and value is one of love, but, like, who am I even when I don't have the energy to work the way that I would want to, the way that I've defined myself, right? Like, what's what's left when all these things are removed and all you got is you and space, you and time? Who are you? And that's a question that people should sit with. People should really sit with. And again, this world don't want you to really sit back and even think. Because once you start to think about self, then you start to think about everything that's going on around you. Period. And you become conscious of the things that 
you do every day too, in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you slow down, it's like, oh, what am I like? How much stuff am I actually doing out of choice versus you feel me going and doing the following the program of capitalism? <laughs> you feel me? And asking yourself like, you know, if I, you can go 14 hours without eating, why do I need to eat three days, three times a day? My whole relationship to food has changed since Ramadan. Like, you just know how. <laughs> like, what? You feel me? Three big meals every day they tell telling you to have. You feel me? It's like it just. But again, why? Why? Why do they want you to have three meals? <laughs> Somebody making money off that. Uh-huh. Why they want you? You feel me? To buy their foods? Because their foods ain't good for you. Why do they want you drunk? <laughs> Why do they want you high? Why do they want you chasing <laughs> sex? Because if you ain't chasing that, if you ain't chasing those, you're gonna be chasing freedom. <laughs> that's, that's what really gonna come down to it. That's what it's really gonna yourself, come down to. Who am I? And then you realize how free actually are you in this world? How free are you? When a lot of times when we say who are we, we define ourselves based off of our accolades and capitalism, based off societal norms. Who am I? I'm a software engineer. I ain't no software. You know what I'm saying? But who, who am I? I'm a banker. Who am I? I'm an athlete. Like who? Who really are you, though? <laughs> you know who? Who you trying to become? It's part of Ramadan. It's like, all right, yeah. Who am I? But who am I trying to become? You used to ask who you are, and then sometimes who who you pretending to be actually? You know, like what is what is your true essence of who you really want to be? You know, because if you ain't doing what you really want to be doing, you pretending. <laughs> yeah. To some degree, right? Yeah. Myself, I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> I could, from my own experience, I would agree with what you're saying. <laughs> you know? I think many of us would if we just actually. But sitting with that truth is hard, bro. It is. It's, it's uncomfortable. It can be demoralizing at times, too. Nah, it's, it's, it's like sitting with that and you just by yourself pacing in your room. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it'd be very demoralizing. It can be, but there's a way out of it. That's it what, for Ramadan, you know, it's it's the closest I feel to freedom, at least from a spiritual aspect. You know what I'm saying? Like I, that's, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, Jalil said, like oh they they always tried to take my body when I when he was locked up, but he was saying oh, I, they couldn't take my spirit. My spirit was in the streets with the people. You know, yeah. that's a certain way I am. I ain't over. I ain't never gonna let them have power over my spirit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I might be down. I'm going to experience those human emotions, but ultimately, I can't let them take my spirit, bro. If you don't think spirit is important in this world, why do you think it's the first? Ask yourself, why is it the first thing they try to break? Why is it that even for let's look at us as Africans? Why is it that they separated us? Right? Why is that they robbed us of our practices, of our of our religions, of our names, of our languages? Why, why else did they do that? To break your spirit. Why else was they giving you room? <laughs> to weaken your spirit. <laughs> to weaken your spirit, spirit, and ship you onto a slave ship. They understand. As much as they deny it in the, the way they are, you know, materialist, they understand it. That's why it's a war on it. <laughs> That's why it's a warning. Uh, we have to accept that truth, accept that scientific truth, <laughs> and stop denying it. You know, but um, you know we've talked a lot about struggle. So what? You know, why is that self struggle important 
you know, in that first step, essentially, you know, change the world we see around us. I mean, like we got at earlier, if I can't address the contradictions of myself, if I can't organize my own self, my own life for positive change, how can I expect to organize anything else? If I can't control myself, how do I, if I can't control and influence my own self, how can I expect to influence you, bro, on a real level? Like, I just think like on a common sense level, like we don't even gotta get too philosophical, too theoretical, but just like baseline common sense. If I can't deal with my own, right? Cause organizing is, if we speaking strictly to organizing for what we, when we say positive change, we say revolutionary change, we talking about revolutionary nationalism, right? We talking about uh, having a nation that is run on revolutionary principles, right? Uh, healthcare as a human right, housing as a human right, uh, the wealth developed by a nation being owned and operated by the masses of people, not by the elites like we see in this capitalist society, right? Um, and so that type of work, that type of objective is something that's daily, day in, day out, hard struggle to actually organize people. You've seen it, you've been doing it for 10 years. You know, it's hard. It's actually hard to sit down and address the daily contradictions. Now, if I can't even do that with myself, I'm for damn sure I'm ready to do that with a cadre, even a small cadre of five people. Right, you talked about having that, that, that patience with yourself, understanding with yourself. I don't have patience understanding myself. I for damn sure can't uh, exhibit that to other people, at least not over an extended period of time. I'd be able to do it sometime, but not consistently. Right? The, the cadre will self-destruct. And I think <laughs> self-struggle allows you to be more empathetic with others. It allows you more more empathetic with others, and it allows you through experience to be able to help guide someone not to make the same mistakes as you, or when they do make the same mistake you made, again, you have more patience and more understanding. Uh, but I think first you got to be able to deal with those battles, those inner conversations, so that you know how to engage with the rest of the world. Uh, for us, be you know engaging with the the organization, engaging with the community. All right. So just on a, on a baseline level, if uh, and you know people, bro. The reason why I will let you tell me to do something is because I've watched you do it. Like just on a real on a. Real shit, <laughs> like, like real shit. The reason why I will follow what you say is because I watch you listen to what I watch you deal with your own self in a specific way. Now, when other people tell me to do something, if they don't handle their own business, why would I? T why? You don't even know if you don't even believe what you're talking about. Yeah, it's just you gonna tell me about some spirit and some sobriety and some work hard. You don't even do that. It's hypocrites. <laughs> you don't even do it So why would I Hypocrites right? So for me I'm like bro I just it's don't It's a big theme of the Quran Is hypocrites And again right All things have contradictions yeah, yeah. But none of us Will be perfect people yeah. You say you, you're not A perfect Muslim But right. it starts with At least being real With ourselves yeah. I, If I'm gonna be real With you If I ain't real with me And If we talk about organizing Which we, we talk about All the time The people ain't stupid They can spot a fake They can spot a fake I can spot a fake. And so, again, bro, I just think on all levels, it all starts, it all points at getting yourself right. Whether you're trying to be empathetic with the people, whether you're trying to be as knowledgeable as possible uh, from, like, what they say is what imperial, empirical evidence, lived experience, yeah. right? Um, it, it all boils down to self. And like we said earlier, the organization is nothing but a collective of individuals who are uh, trying to contribute their best selves at the highest levels for an extended, for an extended amount of time, right, for a protracted struggle. And so if we ain't right as individuals and I, I think from living experience again uh, people's programs isn't flawless but every time uh, us as individuals as uh, cadre members have decided to uh, deepen 
our commitment, you see a positive shift in the organization, organization, thus a positive impact on the community. So I mean, I'm just speaking from a historic, from a historical materialist uh, understanding, being someone who's like our own lived experience versus a study. And I just, I would tell people, yeah, get self right, and it creates the conditions for, um, I guess, everything else to fall into place for real. Yeah, I mean, we have to. I think. I mean, if we can't, how are we how are we talking about struggling against the biggest enemy known to humanity? Struggling against the United States of America, if we can't struggle against ourselves, mm-hmm. like we talking about freeing the land, that ain't no easy task. So how can we struggle against ourselves? You feel me? Otherwise, like the organizing, it'll just blow up. Whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, boy, the contradictions will just be so self-implode. <laughs> it will self-implode. You feel me? Because if you can't, and this is this is my own processing. You feel me? My own analysis. You feel me? It's like if I ain't. Like, how am I going to be my best self as an organizer if I can't struggle against myself? You feel me? Like, if I can't uh, show up the best way possible day in and day out, if I can't do that, like, there's a right way to struggle. You know, that's for yeah, me yeah. What, what Islam is talking it's, it's a, It's a way to struggle. It's a way to struggle justly. You feel me? Because if we don't have that within our struggle, we're just going to recreate some of these same issues, especially thinking about us as a, a colonized subjects, you feel me? It's like, if we can't struggle the right way, like, are we truly installing a new society? You feel me? Because we ain't, we ain't trying to struggle the way they struggle, or you feel me? We ain't trying to, uh, yeah, we're talking about revolution, but yeah, revolution is violent, but we ain't struggling the same way. We don't, you feel me? Like, well, our morals, our principles is different than theirs. So if we can't struggle the right way, we ain't gonna win, and what good is the struggle at all? Yeah. <laughs> what good is that sacrifice? Is it really a sacrifice if you can't make sacrifices yourself <laughs> for the greater good of yourself and humanity? Sacrifices that don't come easy, because some of us is willing to make the sacrifices that look like sacrifices to other people, <laughs> right? Like if I, if you see some people might see me going to the gym and be like, oh, he's making that sacrifice, but the gym ain't really a sacrifice for me because it comes easy, right? It's about do, people want. It's about doing the things that don't come easy. There are some sacrifices that I've had to make that don't come easy, like sobriety. That, <laughs> that is you can sac- say that again. You feel me? That's an actual sacrifice. I can say not drinking um, is an actual sacrifice, which uh, we could t- we could touch on because you damn near two years sober. How many? So it's like it's like seven hundred and twenty something days for six hundred and thirty days. Right yeah, now. but what's it? What's two years? 365 plus 365. PBO math. Shit. 730? Yeah. Uh, Some 100 days from two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's that been like? Because if you would have told me two days before you got sober, like, yeah, this going to be my last day, bro. I'm never going to you know, do nothing again. I would have believed you just because you don't really make declarations. But I'm like... <laughs> I wouldn't be able to see it in my head. And if you would have told me that like, I'm gonna follow suit <laughs> right after about two years later, I'm gonna be right behind you. you know, I, really, I, I, really, I for sure would never believe it. I mean I I'll never believe myself going sober, I'll say that. No, I mean yeah. I mean that's why even the reflection, I'm like, what? I'm sober? You feel me like we 30 year round, I'm sober still? Like 
I'm doing a lot because I've been, I've been, te- you know, I've been tested. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, like I'm, I'm not the one. My word means things to me, just on my ind- individual self, mm-hmm. to where like I don't want to make declarations without being able to follow, follow through. Even though it was like even one of my holdups with taking shahada was around alcohol and partying. Like I'm talking to, to left on the phone. I say, yeah, bro. Like I believe in God. Like, I believe uh, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is a messenger of Allah. But <sighs> this bottle, <laughs> this bottle in, in partying. We say, hey man, shahada is the declaration of faith. If you believe, everything else will follow. And I was like, oh man, that's deep. <laughs> and then I just said, all right, I'm gonna just. Take this, you feel me? I'm gonna follow your advice. <laughs> Took shot and I ain't, I ain't drank since. So it, it ain't been a, that's one of the best things. Like I look at old photos where I like physically in my face, like I, I saw a picture of myself today where I was hot. I'm like, I know y'all did not let me walk around like this. Nigga, that's how I started feeling. You feel I me? I'm like, like, I'm I had Rick and Morty's, bro. I'm like, <laughs> like I was going through. I'm like, bro, I said, I'm like, y'all niggas let me walk around like this? That's because we was all high. That's because we was all, you feel me? <laughs> we <laughs> we was none of us could around see. None of us could <laughs> see. We couldn't even see what I, none of us could see. You feel me? So I, I seen some photos even like the day I took Shahada to uh, to now. I'm like, bro, my, my face look different. Look, bro, we're aging backwards. You feel, no, I'm, we're literally well, aging I, I, backwards, I'm aging. Bro. I'm feeling better. I, I look younger. Like uh, It's like this, this noir is what it's called. Like the light in my face is different. And just realizing that I was just... You know, the alcoholism that running my family, you know. So breaking being able to break that generational curse also is a, a form of my decolonization, a form of my healing, you know, because where did that start? You feel me? Started with <laughs> colonialism, imperialism, these savage Europeans coming over to Africa and stealing us from Africa and bringing us to this place they call America. So part of me is that's that's rebelling. For me, being sober is actually rebelling against Western colonialism, mm-hmm. <laughs> against settler colonialism. Saying, "Nah, I ain't finna, I ain't finna walk how y'all walk," <laughs> you know. So it's a uh, sobriety has allowed me to see also the way other addictions show up in my life. You feel me? So all right now, I address the alcohol, address the you know the drugs. I'm so, all right now. What other addictions do I have? Like what thought patterns do I have that are like? bad thought patterns that are like some type of addiction or how am I mm-hmm. addicted to my phone or how am I you know what I'm saying like how am I addicted to this world like how am I you feel me you know so it's a it's been a struggle for sure but uh, I've gotten to a certain point as I am I don't, I don't even I mean that's just resolve you know what I'm saying it's just that's like just resolve. all the positivity yeah. you know like I'd be lying if I said some of the alcohol shit wasn't fun but all the positivity, all of, I've been able to accomplish with, you know, almost two years of sobriety, it's like the feeling I feel now is a feeling I've been wanting to feel. <laughs> you feel me? It was I was almost searching for in a bottle. The I'll, feeling yeah. I feel right at this moment. <laughs> I don't even know if I would like as I think about my shit. I don't even know if I actually if that was actually fun to me because we've and then like you was like oh the party and shit. I'm like bro, we actually still be partying. Just so loud, yeah, you know, it's just way. like we we just not placing ourselves in that specific way. I mean, we might be placing ourselves with certain music. You feel me? A certain energy, but like, I'm like, bro, I'm fasting from music right now. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I would have never thought. Oh, hey, listen to music. 
But either you realize, oh, some music I was addicted to. Those few, we've we've but, done. I'm trying to figure out what parties I've been to sober. Well, I did Ari's birthday sober. I had a blast. Yimmy's birthday sober. Had a blast. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if uh, know if I would say sobriety or if the the drinking shit was fun for me. I hope we ain't sounding too preachy, but you know, I never wanted to be one of those niggas that gets sober and start preaching sobriety to people. But I will say this: it has been very liberating. I think anyone who is abiding by a revolutionary politic, uh, we have to look at historically what drugs and alcohol have done to movements. Um, and I even look at what I'm like. And we gotta find those objective truths about it and actually have like real conversations around it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I even think just from a physical level, like the amount of hangovers I was getting, right? And I just like, I, I've done every, I've tried everything, right? To where it's like, oh, I'm only doing, and this is why I know I had that problem. Oh, I'm only doing, like all these, I'm only gonna do this. I'm only gonna drink wine. I'm only gonna drink two days out the week. Like, bro, just let it go. Like, just come on, brother. Like, it's a gateway. It never, it, it never turns. It, yeah, you got. I had to just free it in its entirety. Then I had to look at, you know, I was a lot like you. I know myself. Period. When I make a declaration, I'm, if I my word is bond. Period. If I say I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. Um, and so for me, I never wanted to say I was gonna go sober because I knew once I did it, I couldn't turn back. And I always wanted to have like that blank, that security blanket. You know, like I wanted to have that ability. Like if a day just got so hard, I can go in there and drink and not feel bad about it because I never said I wasn't gonna stop. I never said I was I was done completely. I just said I was putting these parameters on it. Uh, but now, this is the longest I went without drinking since I was, I want, I know for a fact since I was 17, but I think that's because I'm lying to myself. I, I'm really going to say 16 years old. 80 something days is the longest I've been without drinking since I was 16. But that's more than half my life. I spent half my life as an alcoholic. That's all your adulthood. But what does it mean when you look like, I mean, we we live in the neighborhood I grew up in right now. How many liquor stores is on these corners? Don't get me started on these Muslims selling liquor. But like, look at the environment I grew up in. <laughs> you feel me? Like, it, was, it was written for me to be an alcoholic. It was written for me to be an alcoholic. Then when I moved to the East, that's even, <sighs> come on, dog. Like, it, it, it was written. Then I went to what? Being an athlete. Play hard, party hard. Alcohol ruined my collegiate football career. If I look back at it. Of course, there were things. I was depressed, right? Like, I wasn't dealing with my actual issues. I was drinking them away. Um, but, yeah, I, I would just... I, I would just... It allows you to deal with your shit head on when you got that sober thinking. You know, like, now when I feel that, like... I, the dialogue I have myself now is so different. Okay, bro, what are you feeling? Like when I start to feel that anxiety, when I start to feel that anger, like okay, what, why do you feel it? Feel me? Like I can't. And you know, bro, like I really was dealing with like an alcohol kind of sore. Like it was both addiction and like hobby slash passion. <laughs> like it was like it was some weird shit going on. Bro, I used to like, want to, I used to wanna, to uh, open a brewery. You know, it's kind of <laughs> weird. I don't know, like, <laughs> like a fetish game. Yeah, but. I'll be sniffing my gin and shit before I sip it. Like, 
It was like wow shit, bro. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I look it back like, at it. It was a ritual. You know, I look back at it like, I mean, we sure we got some gin on the counter right now. You feel me? Like I never thought it could be a day where it's just like it's in the house. I don't even touch it. I don't even think about it. Like it's come to we love, bro. And again, this is coming from. I just think that people should. I mean, I think people. The thing is, we coming from this from our experience. You feel me? That's like we it ain't no. Hopefully, it ain't coming off as preachy. But you can go listen to the catalog of Hell Black podcast, and you can watch us. You can literally hear us being on this show drunk. You Talking about me? we leading the people. Talking about you feel me? <laughs> Straight to the gulag. <laughs> Sipping on that yak, you know what I'm saying? Like, Patron, like, Talking about we leading the you people. You feel me? Like, bro, we playing. Playing, bro. Some drunks. <laughs> <laughs> That's some drunk nigga shit. Talking about you lead delusion. Delusion. Like, like, Talking like, about you lead the people. We revolutionaries. Live shows and be blasted. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We did the screening at Santa Barbara. I said, man, I've grown a lot, man. Last time I was up here talking to students, man, I, a red cup with, with Hennessy. I had Hennessy on the on the rider. <laughs> now you're sober, you know. So it's we just speaking from our from our experience of how you know how it's shifting our life. You feel me? It's, it's, it's yeah. A, it, that it, shit was beautiful when you came down. I said, bro, I'm, I'm going sober. That shit. <laughs> You feel me? Because we we done party party together. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? Like we both seen it for ourselves. Like, nah, this ain't this ain't the way. Bro. And different paths got like I think what was dope about this is like you see us getting there through different paths. Like yeah, I'm don't subscribe to any religion. You feel me? So I feel like even if somebody might be like, oh, Abbas is doing this because he's Muslim. Like, okay, well now I'm not. So what's your <laughs> like what's your you know like, bro? I'm just. And I just think about how much more, how much more productive I am. And I was already, excuse me, a productive person. I was already very productive. But now I'm not waking up with hangovers. I'm not dehydrated. Excuse me, I'm not. Bro, your creative ability is just going to shift too. Like, you're like you unlocking different parts of your brain that have literally been sedated by alcohol. You know, so like, even mm -hmm. now I'm coming to like, to my. Uh, I'm having these thoughts. I'm like, damn, there's, there's some deep ass shit. I'm thinking. I'm like, if I was, by definition, sedating myself with alcohol, like I, I those, you are, you know, we was already credited before that. So it's like you, you able to access your brain in a different way. I just see life. I just see life through less delusion. That's all I would say. I, I, I see it for what it for what it really is, and it's allowing me to deal with deal with some stuff, right? That's what, that's what, again, the point I was making earlier, that's what Ramadan, Ramadan puts your problems right in front of you because when you get that emotional response to trauma to your daily life and you can't just go stuff yourself with some sweets to numb it, you can't just drink to numb it, you can't just fuck to numb it, you can't just go, you know, for a run, right? Like, there's things that would be considered quote-unquote healthy, right? But a lot, sometimes, you know, you could be, it could be used as a tool of su a suppression. Like, you really got to, like, bro, what's, what's going on? Why is this happening? And what can you actually do to heal from it? And it's about the thing that I value. I think it's figuring out how to carry these type of, which is why I, I value, which is why I see how, uh, you know, Islam has been a very revolutionary force is because it gives you the day-to-day -day structure, the day-to-day -day pillars to carry with you to combat a capitalist imperialist society that is going to put nothing. We, we sit here all day like, we look at the TV like, but this is crazy. They always selling us some shit. If they're not selling you something, they promote the devil. 
Dead ass. <laughs> Look, I'm like, what is their obsession with these demons? Like every every three days is some exorcist shit. I'm, I'm, but if they're not, that's for another. That's for another. But, not, but, but yeah, yeah, we're gonna talk yeah, about that later. But like, yeah. but like, on no, like an objective level, though, you from like, not on, a, not on a conspiracy. No, not on, I'm like, even if you don't even believe in the stories of creation, if you don't believe in uh, the actual manifestation of Satan or whatever you want to, an angel, a fallen angel, or somebody nigga with horns, like, yo, actually, what is their, what is their obsession with selling us stuff, with selling us food, alcohol, clothes, shoes? Gadgets and keeping the devil in front of us. Like, what is they? Is that, no, they they doing it in front on? of us. Like, what, what is going on? I just think that uh, you shouldn't do anything, especially Africans. We shouldn't do anything to blur our vision and our thinking. That's what I would say. And it's what Nairi says. Like, you know, we gonna have to work twice as hard. Ten times as hard. Like, yeah, you know, America might have an eight-hour workday, but over here in Tanzania, we're going to have to work 16 hours because what we're trying to do, we're trying to combat colonialism. We're trying to build a new nation the way that we see fit. I think for anybody that's, if you're tired of feeling the way you're feeling, because a lot of us are miserable, why do you think 70% of Americans are on at least one prescription drug and 50% are on two? That's telling you something. Something ain't right. Right? And so that we ain't just really no start normal do- mental health. That ain't no. just no normal. You feel me? We have to be real about that, and bro. They is making it like they is making us sick, bro. Sick. Physically and mentally, because the two They're are connected. They're putting us in, in states of psychosis. You feel me? Then you think about the food they is trying to sell you and want you to consume. Like getting you essentially addicted to, like psychologically, like bro, like. <laughs> The fact that I could hear this commercial in my head right now, I ain't finna say the chain <laughs> of the food. <laughs> and, like, they is indoctrinating people to, like, you feel me? Hey, that's some psychological things. You know, now you craving this fast food. Don't even know when the food was made. You feel me? You don't even, like, we don't even know what's in it. All these preservatives. You feel me? All these, like, breasts. And we say we think in our gut. <laughs> you know it's a good place for people to start? Ask yourself, why do I do what I do? Just start, just start to think every. Just start to look every day. Okay, why did I wear this shirt? Why did I use these words? Why did I watch this show? Why did I eat this food? You start to just ask the question. No, for real. Just ask. I have, you know, I was one day. I'm like, bro. I was like, why am I speaking English, bro? This shit. It's for the birds, bro. Like, because you a slave. You a byproduct of slavery. That's why. Because of slavery. Slavery is why you speak English, bro. Because your language was stolen from you, bro. It's insane. Uh, I had a dream one, one night. It was like, I, I actually it was Arabic in my dream. I was like, bro, this feels amazing. <laughs> Very basic, obviously, because I'm I, I, yeah. basic, basic level. But I'm like, wow, this is the first time like, where English isn't in my dream, I'm hearing another language? I'm doing all. But it's because what we've been... Uh what did what Malcolm say? They teach you to, they they want you to give you Novocaine. They teach you to suffer peacefully. Look at the Novocaine of your life. Drugs, alcohol, food, consumption. TV. We are suffering peacefully. It's, it's we are sedated, like you said. It's Novocaine capital, sedates you. It's a capitalist materialist Novocaine is what they give to us. It's what, it's another what, piece that puts from, us in the neurosis. Another piece from Malcolm. Who taught you to hate yourself? Look at the ways you treat yourself like I was poisoning myself. We not gonna talk about the hard drug usage. Come on, dog. Who taught you to hate yourself to do anything that would uh, weaken your body, 
to do anything that will weaken your spirit. Who taught you that? And for us who claim to be conscious new, conscious new Africans, right, who understand how we got here in the settler colony of the so-called United States, we understand how we got here. We understand how we were robbed of our culture, of our humanity, and in the process taught, taught to hate everything about Africa, thus to hate everything about ourselves. So now, like you said, I'm not about to- Just to hate everything about humanity. I'm about to reject everything I'm, to the best of my ability. I'm trying to reject everything these, that, that they put on me. If that's, if that's the food that you eat, I'm gonna do the complete opposite. If that's the clothes you wear, I'm gonna do the complete opposite. Like they still got me on the shoes, but you know, it is what it is. They got, you know, they got me, man, they got me. But we got at least, we gotta try, man. Mm-hmm. And again, not everything of this- You gotta like, try, man. We not everything in this society is, anything that could be used for good, Anything that can be used for, for bad can be used for good. It's about who wills the power, right? Now there's something some, I don't, some, you know, some like some, bad, yeah, some, some things <laughs> is just objectively bad, right? Like something that, like I don't, poison, there's no such thing as good poison, unless you poison in a reactionary force, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but that's another story. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm saying like, uh, you know, clothes don't have to be bad. Uh, Technology doesn't have to be bad. The state doesn't have to be bad, right? Like these things aren't inherently bad. Now, alcohol, I'm again, like, I remember you were saying something about uh, at a point they banned, like, alcohol, the consumption of alcohol wasn't always banned. Uh, but yeah, you, had, yeah, yeah. you had people coming in, like, these... People was coming praying. You know, drunk, drunk, right? And it was okay. Yeah. Said, no, you can't be intoxicated. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't always like this. And even, in, uh, you hear about Jesus drinking wine and uh, stuff... This hemp, you know, like using these using these very natural things, but we know in uh, twenty twenty three these things ain't what they used to what they used to be, and they not used. How who needs to be drunk when all they need is met? Who doesn't who who wants to be distracted? Who doesn't want to? I want to be fully immersed in what I'm experiencing. If it is bringing me actual joy, I don't want. How many nights you wake up and can't remember what happened? Oh, bro, we was loaded last night. Like that's like a. A sense of pride. Was <laughs> I was loaded. Like, bro, what? So hungover to the point that you having like I'm shaking and I'm throwing up. Why am I doing that to my vessel? Don't make it. But that's because I, I was taught. Uh, I never start. I never thought to second guess it. And because we was do, we was making it look good. So you making it look good. You being successful and you realize like this ain't. This is. Detrimental to my to my spirit. It's a detrimental to my state of being. It's detrimental to myself. So what? How has that been though? You feel me? Like what has been this toughest part? I know you already kind of spoke about it. Toughest part about making these, you know, really you feel me? Because it, the, the, making these conscious efforts, like nah, admitting it and then making that effort to change. So mm. I won't say to me the not drinking hasn't been hard. It's been fairly easy because of the rationale, the things we just talked about, right? Like common sense. Uh, then understanding my role in the organization, right? It makes it very easy to say I'm not going to do things that jeopardize me because they jeopardize the organization, right? The toughest part is actually, like, I'm not a, the toughest part is, uh, again, not putting the bottle down, but just being like, the blinders being off. 
like stepping into a, a space of clarity and seeing just like how actually how damaged I actually am. That's toughest part. Like, ooh, okay, yeah, you actually been through some stuff, bro. You know, we trauma is a term that I believe is used super loosely. Um, but now I'm actually like, nah, I really got some stuff going on. Like, really got some stuff going on. But then I also see like, I believe in change. Like, I I know that change is possible because of myself, right? So it's in a weird way, it's giving me more faith. Um, but yeah, I, I guess just sitting with that uncomfortableness, right? Like, again, because of life, the many lives I've lived in such a short period, short period of time, being 30 years old, um, I've had my fair share of, of hard experiences, but I've always had things to make them lessen the blow. You know, I was even thinking about, remember, when I was on my visit to Idaho, I might have told you this already, but you know I was supposed to be a mid-year transfer, so I was going to be there in December. In yeah. December, right? So I played in the fall at Santa Barbara. Then you go and right. Then I was going to go to Idaho in in uh, January after winter break. Uh, I was on my visit there because as a mid-year, you don't get that many visits, you know, because you only what you get five visits, I think, like max, right? As a recruit, you get five visit, five official visits. Five officials, yeah. You get five official visits. And I didn't get my first offers until like in like Half the, halfway through the season, maybe right? like seven, seven games in. So like I couldn't really leave, right? Um, so I really could only take one visit before it was time to sign. And I was like, okay, I'm going to Idaho. You feel me? I already know I'm finna go there. Um, but I said that to say I was on my visit, nigga. And I had to, you know, like they usually take you out or whatever. And I'm like, I got, I can't go because I was taking an online class at Western Oklahoma. I think was the name of the school. It was a psychology class, and I needed it to complete my AA. I failed that test in my hotel room, which means I failed the class. Which means I was no longer able to uh, to transfer be a transfer right. mid-year, right? Shit, just got drunk. <laughs> we like just just started drinking. Uh, so I look at. Yeah, if you look at the history of how I've just used alcohol as a as a suppressant, it, it's a uh, it's it's a decade. I think decades of it, or a decade of it at least, a decade of it. So now you know, not not having that um, has led to some more. At least start to think about healthier options of processing things that happen to me. Uh, I don't have it all the way yet, but hey, we at least we know we ain't I ain't poisoned. I myself. struggle. Yeah, at least I know I can tell you what I ain't struggle, doing. At least you, I can you're tell you struggling what I ain't doing. in a different yeah. way, bro. I can tell you what I ain't doing. Cause that take time. Cause those feelings are still gonna be there. You feel me? That's one thing I realized. Like the feelings that I've the feelings that will lead me to drink, they less now, a couple you know, almost two years in, but like those feelings that led me to drink, like I still have those feelings. And it's you know easier when I know it's, it's like you doing it too. Yeah. That's all I would say the number one thing is it's easier. You know, that was part of one of the reasons I wanted to do Ramadan, right? Like, as much as it was for myself, I'm like, okay, I also want to create a condition where, you know, you in the house and feeling like I'm on the same page as you. Like, you don't got to leave the house to go get that type of communal feel. Mm. You feel like you don't always got to go to the mosque. You feel me? Because you know I'm going to be here on the same type of time. time now, yeah. The schedule might not be the same, you feel me? but at least you know I'm when I'm up. Yeah. Um, in accordance, I'm, you know, I'm in, I'm in accordance, you know, it ain't gonna be no drinking, feel me, I ain't finna just, we eating at the same time, you feel me, like it's, 
uh, so it's just, it's just, and that's why, I, bro, we've been talking about, we just read Class Struggle, right? Um, understanding that the purpose of Class Struggle is to unify us uh, ideologically, right? Uh, the ideology for us to be a national unity, right? Uh, but it's just a testament to, to what can happen when uh, people are committed to the same thing. No, I mean, that's a fact. I mean, ultimately, you know, we are who we around. <laughs> you know what I'm it's saying? It's not no... Like I don't the bad, the, yeah. even, uh, to, to some degree, right? You know, it's it's no mean, coincidence that you stopped drinking and then eventually I did. Like, yeah. That doesn't just... It's a direct influence. Yeah. I mean, that's... And then, we, you know, it's like... Now it's setting a different precedent within the organization. There's, there's different, you know, I think even in the movement, you know what I'm saying? Like, people come to these understandings. You know, because ultimately it's like, all right, we are. But the organization is only strong based off of, from a team level, the weakest link. <laughs> you know, so it's like if a certain standard, just generally, you know, like you are who you are. Like you, the people you're around is like a testament to yourself, too. You know what I'm saying? Like... So when we all as agreeing and, and trying to make ourselves the best people we can make, that's gonna have a big impact to yourself and to the people around you. You know, know some coach shit. Winners hang around winners. <laughs> For real, I'm though, trying to bro. win, man. I'm trying to win. <laughs> if I can say right now, you influence me, I'm going to assume that I influence other people. You know. People look to me as a leader, as a as a co-chair, and I'm saying like, okay, yeah, you influence me, and even people who aren't like members influence me. We all have influence on each other. You know, like, the people around you are gonna have influence on you. The people you spend the most around the time, we're gonna have a level of influence on you. When you think about like a tie and a B, then like, hey, yeah, this Muay Thai shit is lit. What happened? Okay, I'm gonna go check it out. I checked it out, came back like, hey, yeah, bro, you need to go sign up. We influence each other. You tell me, hey, bro, you need to read this book. I read the book. I'm going to tell somebody else, hey, you need to read this book. Hey, you need to eat at this restaurant. Like, if we can influence each other for, hey, bro, come try this. Come do this. Like, we can fucking feel me. Like, man, that's essentially we influence each other to what? National unity. Yeah. Hey, for <laughs> real, man. <laughs> we influence each other to become new Africans. We influence each other to uh, kill this old self, this colonial way of being into. Uh, be born again as a new African. Shedding that skin of the old self and developing some new skin, some tougher skin. <laughs> Feel me? Nothing comes without sacrifice. If you're trying to figure out what how is you it, can, yeah. if you're trying to figure out how you can reap all the benefits of an American colonial society while simultaneously being a revolutionary, you are out your rabbit ass mind. And I say that with all love and respect because I was out my rabbit ass mind. How can I continue to drink? Make it, how can I continue to do all these things that are anti-revolutionary and at times counter-revolutionary because of my level of conscience, consciousness? How can I do? How can I do these things but yet still, you know, still be for the movement, still be for revolution? You can't, brother. They're diametrically opposed to one another, completely opposed. They are. One's a positive. One's a negative. <laughs> That's what it is. We say we hate America, so let's not act like an American. <laughs> Bingo, bango. So, yeah. Appreciate y'all supporting, tapping in. We hope you uh, appreciated this reflection. 
Um, it's been a blessed Ramadan. And, uh, yeah, go to our Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Pod. Pull up on us at the DM this Saturday, this uh, April 29th. Pull up Dion, 12 p.m., San Francisco. It's going to be a, a good time, so c- come build with us. Legendary.